Welcome to the Pet Cash Pod presented by Profluence Sports. You can check out all the podcasts at profluence.com. We're up into the 70s of episodes now. We've had founders, investors, executives, athletes, and a bunch of smart people in sports come on and give great takes and tell their stories. So many great ones like today's as well. We have Frank Michael Smith, the CEO and founder of Juice Productions. He's a content creator at heart, having millions of followers across social media, billions of views across social media, all around amazing sports content. Frank is also a fellow Pittsburgher like myself. We had a great conversation today about his journey of creating content and then leveraging that into his business endeavors. Just all great insights too around social media and how you can grow on it and how to approach it. All in all, an awesome conversation, tons to learn from and a great story of how Frank's went and and did it with basically no money in his bank account starting in TikTok in 2020. But without further ado, Frank Michael Smith, let's dive in. Frank, appreciate you coming on, brother. We said uh, we'll do this in person next time, but uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. I'm excited to tell your story. I mean, billions of people have uh, legit, probably billions of people have seen your stuff. So let's hear hear from the back end of it today. Was is the goal? Let's do it, man. I'm excited to be on. That is a wild thing to hear. Like whenever I see that stat on YouTube, I think YouTube's over a billion. TikTok doesn't give it to me, but it's probably close. Like that is crazy to even think about. It still gets me. I know I've I've seen just comparisons to even stadiums. People are like, "Hey, there's 110,000 at Penn State or whatever." And it's like each video of yours like probably eclipses that in 6 hours or whatever. Or maybe not even. That's so funny you mentioned that. When I was first getting going on TikTok in 2020, my buddy would hit me up every day with a new arena and he'd be like, "Dude, you now you sold out <laughs> Staples or like that. Now, now you're on to football stadiums." <laughs> Does he like combine them now? Now he's like, hey, you got no, Penn State it, it's plus It's too Michigan. big now, like, but um, <laughs> that was a wild way to compare it, I agree. Like, it puts things in perspective. Yeah, and so for people that don't know, Frank Michael Smith, I think that's your uh, your handle on everything as well, or FMS. Twitter, Frank Mike Smith. They wouldn't let me get those extra characters Frank, in. Oh, yeah, the X and Twitter, Elon's, he's cutting us short. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you make these amazing sports videos, you break down stuff, you have a, a hook that uh, you know I've seen replicated thousands of times by others, but you know none really end up coming close to how you've done in the production level. And uh, yeah, I mean you're. We'll, we'll get into it, but everyone views people like yourself as a, a content creator, influencer, and it's so far from the truth. I mean, even just before this, we were talking about all the different business plays you got going on, and you know, just really wanted to explore that today of how you take content and building that media angle, and then become an entrepreneur and, and build all the business angles off of it. But I, I think a smart place to start is probably your backstory, how you got into this. And uh, then, you know, really when you saw the opportunity, like you said, in 2020 to really jump into this full time as your own thing. How deep you want me to back up? <laughs> like, do you want me to go like from when I was a kid? Cause we, I was making videos on YouTube <laughs> in like 2008. Yeah. I think that's important. Like I, I mean, myself even, a lot of people don't know, so I don't think I've ever ta- talked about it on the podcast, but when I was 14, I was making NBA highlight videos and I leveraged it into a college recruiting site and then built Twitter and then LinkedIn and then what, like there's a whole progression. So I think, yeah, the earlier you start, the better. Man, the highlight videos were it. That's, I do. We probably were competing against each other. I made these. Probably, yeah. I made these highlight videos, FB27 Productions, and I had like a cool little like graphic at the beginning of the video. Like it was, it was dope, man. Dude, I had a. Uh, Mine was the cash money 05. Like my family still makes fun of me because sometimes I'd be like the cash money 05. <laughs> but uh, YouTube was all about search. 
And I realized that early on that I was like, oh, if I can rank well for LeBron James, then this video will do well. Like people are typing that in. So it wasn't anything like it is now. Like no one had a million subscribers. I had like, I got up to like 800 and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. That was a lot, <laughs> which is crazy to say now. But yeah, I would make those just because it was fun. It was a cool way to learn the software. I love sports. So I got to look at all these highlights all the time. I quickly realized it was like the fastest way ever to start hating a song because you'd have to play the song a trillion times during <laughs> like I, all yeah. those songs I used. I was like, wow, I can't use what I like. It's going to be ruined forever. But that was how I got my start. That was it. I'm sure you found out, too, though. That's how you made money is people that had songs would come to you, at least me, and they would say, hey, put my song on the back of your highlight videos. And that's that was the first online money I've ever made. And, and that's uh, you were a step ahead of me. I never got those offers. You I would get the horrible affiliate offers and be like, because remember, YouTube used to have annotations. Like, oh, if you like oh, annotate yeah. this and use my link. And it was like, I remember being like 14 and being like, this is going to make so much money. And I got like frauded the first couple of times. Yeah. No. So, so highlight videos, you do that whole thing. You know, what, where's the tr transition after that? I know you, you played sports growing up as well. So that's your, your passion for it. But, but after school go, uh, what is it? Red Hawks, right? You're a Miami, Ohio guy. Yeah. And, uh, into, you know, what, what was the transition there? Well, I, I got locked out of YouTube. Like it was, you, we mentioned music. That was the end of my channel, which was super discouraging. It was not, they didn't have the licensing for it does today. So one day when they put it in, I got all these strikes. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. like you're using music. Well, they had been on the site for a long time and YouTube didn't have a good system like they do now where it's like, okay, you can review strikes and whatever. They just took my account. So that was super discouraging. It was gone. Uh, it worked so hard. So I, you know, I, I was fortunate. Same I, thing happened to Mon. It's, I mean, it happened, I happened to a lot thing. of people. Yeah, it, it was sucked. like totally unfair. It still hurts. Yeah. I like, still feel it. I'm like, damn, that was such a great asset. So much hours and time into it. Well, the funny thing is they would not get strikes now at all. Yeah. It would be very, you just couldn't make money on it. So that sucked. But I guess it's just a growing pain for YouTube. Anyway, I was so fortunate in high school to have my aunt as a teacher and she taught computer art. So I learned all of Adobe. Mm -hmm. So I just started working on that end. Uh, and I loved it. When I got to Miami of Ohio, I was an interactive media major and we had to use all of Adobe. So I had a, a leg up there, started making stickers for laptops. So that, that was like the first real money mm -hmm. I ever made, like on the internet, on Redbubble, shout out Redbubble. I was like the leader on redbubble.com. If you know, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I remember I made enough money to like study abroad for a couple months and I was like, well, like this can be something. So when it came time to take a job, I went out to LA and worked in sports media and that's Eventually, when I got back into video, it took a long time. Yeah, and what did you do? And uh, on it seems like you were probably more on the corporate side there. And then no, no, not corporate at all. It was a small company, Clutch Points, and we did like we beefed up their Instagram. We started making like their visual identity. We, I mean, I was directly involved in building the graphic and video team. Eventually, we started making some YouTube videos, and they were like similar to the first videos I made on TikTok, where. It was like, oh, how did Allen Iverson blow this money? Or like, I remember one that did really well was about like Kawhi Leonard's secret uncle or something. But they were actually good videos. Like they were nice. Yeah. They, they were doing well on YouTube and Facebook Watch. So I kind of got back into it then. we I remember we did a, I would voice these over. So I was never actually in the videos. So you might've heard mm -hmm. me or like see me in like an outro clip or something. But I didn't start doing my own videos until 2020 on TikTok. So what was that like? So you knew, I'm assuming you come into it 
TikTok at that time. That's, you know, prime real estate. That's when everything was taking off. Honestly, I felt like I was late. You always feel like you're late, right? So I felt like I was late because I had met the guys from Flight House, which was like the most followed TikTok at the time at a Christmas party in Los Angeles. And they had 25 million followers. I might be underestimating that, but they had so many followers. I was like, oh my God, like I have to take TikTok seriously. Like if you can have that many followers, like clearly people are using this app. I didn't even understand it. I was like, it's not just dance videos. And that's the kind of like how everyone was at first, right? It still had that dance video stigma. But I was like, okay, I got to play around here. And I started making some videos on my own. It turns out I wasn't too late. I was still very early. But I was able to grow really fast. Like I think if I started now, if I had to start over again, like I could still do really well on TikTok, but I might not explode as fast as I did then. Yeah. And what was your strategy around it? Take sort of the similar type videos you were making at Clutch Points, but now put your face in it, make it your own, and then figure out monetization? Or did you have that plan all going in? No, the thing was, right from the beginning, I knew that these videos were having fat layered onto them everywhere. Because on YouTube, you have to be over eight minutes to throw a mid-roll ad in. So everyone would make their videos just longer on purpose, even if it Hmm. wasn't making for a better video. So I'd watch these videos and I'd be like, man, I could do that in one minute. Like, they just layered seven minutes of fat on this video. Like, that's ridiculous. This story's it's almost like if you're at a bar and someone's like telling you a story, it's just taking way, way, way too long. You're like, dude, you got to <laughs> end this story. That's how I felt for those YouTube videos. So I was like, yeah. all right, let me just not waste people's time. Do this in one minute and maybe people will appreciate it. Turns out they did like immediately. I've never had a project work so quickly. I think my first video got over 100,000 views. So I was like, okay, that works. Let's do this every day. And I was just super consistent. That's amazing. Now. So you get going, what's your, I guess, your your scaling plan? You go, okay, I've made it, you know, some of these videos are starting to take off. You know, there might be business potential here. Now I got to like ramp this up, monetize it and, and build a team around me. What did, what did the scaling up of it look like? So there's a crazy story behind the first money I made. I signed a deal at Clutch Points, for Clutch Points with this company Sports Betting Dime. And at the time, I was not making any money at Clutch Points. Like, I, I think I went to LA my first year with like $2,000 in my bank account. And I think I left with like four years later with $2,000 in my bank account, like, or year three at least when I went solo. But I was like, oh my God, this deal is going to net me an extra 2K a month commission. Like, this is life changing money for me. Like, that makes a huge difference. Like, that's my whole yeah. rent and more. So I was so pumped. The very next day, COVID hits, the tournament is canceled, the NCAA tournament that is. That was me, man. I was supposed to be playing in that. That's some bullshit. But anyway, sorry. I was like, oh my God, this deal's got to stay live. I need this money. And the deal got voided because of COVID. So I was was back to, you know, whatever, like making zero dollars after, you know, living life. And... Dude, it was a huge bummer, but I had a great contact. So when I started making these videos, I went right back to them. And I was like, look, I'm getting tons of views. I'll take a fraction of the money that you were going to give before. Like cut it like 20% of the money. Just give it directly to me and I'll promote you through TikTok. And we crushed it. For like the first three months, we just destroyed it. And I say we, I didn't even have a team yet. It was just me. I don't know why I say that, but- we knocked, I knocked it out of the park for them. We had all these app downloads and people were playing their game and using their products, signing up for their service. So when it came time to negotiate three months later, I had a ton of leverage, got a great deal with them. 
and that funded everything I did afterwards. Like that is a that's a rare story for a creator to be profitable that quickly because there was no creator fund for TikTok. Instagram Reels didn't exist. YouTube Shorts didn't exist. There was just no money other than brand deals. I just happened to have one in my back pocket. Yeah, that's amazing to come in with that. I know there's some other stories of creators showing a little bit of promise going to a brand and saying, listen, like, just fund me for the next six months and I'll promise you, like, we'll grow together. And, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So obviously yours worked great. Now, if you could break down, I think people would be curious. You're obviously still doing brand deals, probably bigger and bigger, but, and then there's creator funds, but what does the monetization model look like of really, I guess we'll call it like Frank Michael Smith Enterprises. Now I know you have Juice and- Yeah, the parent company is called Juice Production. So we run everything through there. Like there is the standard ways. Like TikTok, I, I don't think gets enough credit for their CPM money they're giving out now. You have to make videos over a minute long. People have to watch them for more than five seconds. Duplicate views don't count. So the number you see doesn't actually end up being the number they pay out against. But there's good money on, to be made on there now. Like I, it almost is, it's about a dollar, dollar CPM. It's almost good enough that it deters me from making long form YouTube videos, which I never thought I'd say. It's almost the way that YouTube Shorts was promised to be. Like, do you remember when Mr. Beast was on his press run talking about how great YouTube Shorts monetization was going to be? Like, TikTok just went, was like, oh, let's just give people that. Because YouTube's, at least for me, man, has never worked out. It's just not very much money. All that is to say that we do make money the standard ways, and some of those ways are pretty good nowadays. We have 20 or so Snap shows, Snap Discover shows. Those shows are really profitable. We have brand deals. We have an awesome partner this year, Sleeper Fantasy. I just made a video on them today. Stefan Diggs, under, my, my pick of the night. Don't go against Sauce <laughs> Gardner. Um, so, we, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff for them. We work with other brands too. And there's that, you know, that's like a, that's like a creator 1.0 way to make money, but it still works. You know, and then we got some other things in the plans for the future, but really like that's it. Yeah. And what's, uh, I guess the you've you said it was just me and now there's we so what is that we for someone like yourself where you're really creating a you're reverse engineering a media company now as i as i like to say where usually media companies as a lot of people came together raised a shit ton of money and then figure it out you you're going okay i got to make myself profitable and then once i do that you can build a team around you yeah i got to give a huge shout out to my team like we have the coolest video editors in the game. These guys are such grinders and we've developed this style together. Like I really cannot take like full credit for it. It's been a total collaborative thing as are most creative projects. So their beasts, um, you know, one of the things we're doing right now is we're actually, well, I should talk about the team first. Like it's, it's 10 deep. Like we have 10 of these guys and they're, yeah. they're so talented. And that's just editors. That we're going out to brands now um, like we're working with this brand, AC Memento right now to help them build some video for them. It's almost like we've proven this strategy and I should have mentioned this when I was talking about revenue, but this is a very new thing that we want to be able to deliver the service to other people. Like it's almost acting as a creative agency. So that was really the first way that we grew it was like, okay, let's get a couple of video editors in here. Some of which I had previous relationships with. Let's develop this style. Let's teach it to the rest of the team. And and you mentioned all your snap shows and stuff. Are you still the creator and the person behind all of them, or are you? Oh, no, no, I, I do two of them. FMS Sports. You do and, two snap shows. Yeah. You do your 
personal TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and then is there other ones or like you're finding these people and placing them or you're hiring them or? A lot of times it'll be a creator that wants to do a snap show, but he or she doesn't edit videos or wants us to right. create videos specific for Snapchat. So we act as like a, a production company, creative agency, somewhere in between there. And we build these shows in, in conjunction with them. And uh, obviously X is a whole, you're putting a lot of effort into that. Now it seems it's going pretty well. What is uh, your analysis of the different platforms at where they're currently at today? I'm sure a lot of people would love to hear because everyone at some, you know, whether you're actively doing it or not, you're like, okay, it's always a benefit to grow plat on any platform. You know, what's kind of your analysis or the state, I guess we'll call it, of social media and, and all the different platforms? I think you have to be diverse. That was a goal of mine from the beginning. Like as soon as YouTube Shorts came out, I believe that was before Reels. Like, all right, let's get the videos up on there too. And I was really early on there. Like it was, a lot of people hadn't even heard of it yet. Like they didn't know that was a possible feature on YouTube because it was very hidden. Like you would upload videos the same way, but as long as they were vertical in less than one minute, they would be auto uploaded as shorts. So it was like mm. in testing mode and you know, I was able to grow really fast in there, which is great. Like you got to be diversified. We have Instagram reels took forever for us to grow on, but we're consistent. We finally not like we, we hit some sort of, I don't know, trigger with the algorithm and it started working. Yeah. Seems like the same thing happened with X. I was very small in there for years and years. And now I think we're up to like 11 and a half thousand, which doesn't sound like a lot, but those followers are harder to come by on there. You know better than anybody. Yeah. You know, through some of the games we've put out there, we grew the newsletter. It's nice to have that. Uh, that's, that's a big plan of the future too podcasts we do those we do some long form youtube videos like we try to stay diverse because you just never want to be at the mercy of any of these platforms or algorithms you know if, if your whole business was like youtube shorts but then youtube was like oh we're not prioritizing those anymore we're gonna do longs and you're left there just shrugging i don't know you just never want to be that guy yeah no i'm with you you don't own the audience or the platform so it's uh can leave leave some vulnerability now, in terms of, I guess, new social platforms or things, you think there's ever any potential? You think we're going to just keep having the same old, same old for a long time? Or just what are your thoughts, I guess, of social media as a whole? Because it's a thought experiment I always have. Of I always see these new ones. I'm like, ah, I just don't know if people could go to new ones. But also, I'm like, I mean, TikTok came out, blew up. You know, it other will ones happen, like, right? Facebook fell off, you know, in my, like I used it when I was younger. Now no one uses it. It, Our age. It has to happen. It, it, I agree. It does feel impossible right now. It's just hard to imagine when you look at an NBA game, for example, and there's those ads that are like on the court at times or like on the screens in the arenas. And it's like, follow the Blazers. And it has like the Instagram logo. And then it has the Twitter logo or the X right. logo. And then, it, and then for a long time, it had the Facebook logo. And I would look at those and I'd be like, can anything else be on that screen? Like, that's how I imagine it. Like, if you really want to be legit, you got to be on that little screen. And right now, it's hard to imagine another one being on that screen. But TikTok did it. TikTok totally did it. I, I mean, I no one saw it coming. Clearly, it's going to happen again. But it took a long time for TikTok to crack that screen. I think that screen was stagnant from like, 2010 to 2020, it took 10 years. So I think we're a mm -hmm. long ways away from it happening again. Yeah. 
I guess unless, I mean, basically TikTok is China or the Chinese government, whatever you want to say. So they poured a lot of money into it. I guess unless the Saudis want to start paying all of us creators like they're paying their athletes now, maybe that would work for a social platform. I, I don't know. But yeah, I think it'd be tough just the user acquisition people away, especially now that all these platforms are paying, you know, creators for the most part. I, that's, I think that strategy is a losing one. Um, like the idea of like, we're going to lure you away with money. We saw that like the thriller, thrillist, what was it? Thriller tried to do that. They paid all these people and Triller, a thriller, yeah. right. That's we don't even know their name yeah. anymore. Like that's, they're irrelevant. <laughs> like that's a losing strategy. Like you, you can't drive creators there just for the money unless it's an, I mean, unless it's an ungodly amount of money that, yeah, you're right. Maybe only Saudi could do, but. There was another one that tried to do that, Faves. Faves tried to do that. Mm. I had a contract with them to like promote Faves, and it honestly wasn't a bad app, but I just don't think that's a good marketing strategy. I think you have to be super unique. There was nothing else that did what TikTok was doing. I mean, they were just like the ultimate version of Vine, and Vine was on that screen for a minute. For a, for a, a hot minute, Vine was there. So they were like, oh, like I'm sure there was a lot of inspiration, but... I don't know, man. I don't I don't know what the next one would be, but it's going to happen. I agree. Yeah, no, well, especially too, we don't know where technology is going to go. So AR, VR, let's just say, for example, that gets huge. Maybe a social media platform is built around that. So it's just you never know. And if you look at the history of everything at all, very few brands make it out alive for very long. So I'm sure there'll be incumbents. But I guess in, in terms of your growth plans now, or, or go ahead, you have something to say on that? Yeah, the last one, I think we should have mentioned Threads. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I thought that one had a real chance. I don't know where it's at now, but it seems to have... I, I tried it for a week and put it away. Like, it didn't seem to have any stickiness, for me at least. I mean, I'm sure people do still use it, but I don't know. Like, the, the TikTok, or sorry, Twitter X monetization came out right after. I like the experience on X better. I'm not one of those people that think that X has gotten like progressively worse. You know, I guess people do feel that way. I'm always kind of confused as to what their angle is. I think it's gotten better. I think I think the only thing is the algorithm's a little jacked up right now, but overall I think it's gotten better, if anything. I agree. So look, they tried. They, I mean, it, it, a company like Facebook couldn't do it. That's how they started this whole thing and they can't do it anymore. So it's, it's hard, man. It is hard. It is hard. Yeah, I guess I was just kind of getting to, you know, your future growth plans, right? And I'm sure, you know, we all have a million ideas and potential and, and especially people in positions like us, we see so many different opportunities that we never know where we're going to end up. But, you know, where do you see some of your stuff going? What is your ultimate goal or vision? Like, where are you trying to get to? Because I'm sure you have like something where you're like, okay, you know, this is where I can take the Frank Michael Smith juice, our team to you know the next level well i'll say this i'm not going to stop making content none of this would work if i didn't actually like doing that because you're kind of trapped once you start like whether i'm trapped in a place i like or dislike is a different conversation i like the place i feel like i'm trapped but i have <laughs> to keep making content and that maybe could a newsletter any of this stuff like it's the engine that starts everything else so if i want to start a business or I don't know. And none of these avenues work without it. That's the, that's the trend right now, right? Like that's where you see all these creators making money as entrepreneurs. Mr. Beast has the chocolates and burger and he has his 
what's the ocean thing he does? Like there, it's his charity. Logan Paul's got Prime, and Emma Chamberlain does coffee, and Graham Stephan does a great job with his coffee too. All these creators starting businesses. It you got you doesn't work if you can't make content. So like that's where I see my future is I'm going to keep delivering content, and we're going to you know, ideally transition this into even more of a business. Not that it's not already, but it probably still doesn't feel like it to a lot of people outside the people who work for me. Right. And would you ever venture outside of sports content or you just, you're strictly think you'll stick around that? Yeah, I I do a hip hop show. I've done a lot of hip hop episodes on TikTok too. I think that's so tied to basketball. Sports and culture. Yeah. I think that works really well. You know, I've done some other stuff. Like sometimes I just tell stories about my life. I I would not rule that out. I have so many other interests beyond sports, but I don't necessarily think that's good business for me to always make those videos. Like you kind of want to stay focused. So yeah, I wouldn't rule it out though. Yeah, I agree. It's tough. Like you've seen though, even too, people like a Gary V. I mean, he switched his niche multiple times over the years from wine to digital online to NFT. Like he's been fluid. So yeah, I guess, I guess. You know, from a content perspective, I'm sure people listening are either thinking about starting it, they're already doing it a little bit. You know, what do you love so much about it and and what's the the craft or, you know, how do you view it, right? Like, because there is an art and there's a science to it for sure. I always, from the earliest, I'll try to tie this back. From the earliest days of making those videos, highlight videos on YouTube, like the real awesome loop was made possible by feedback. So... It's just nice to be able to make something and say like, oh, I have automatic feedback here. These, this many people viewed it. I gained this many followers. There's this many comments. I mean, I always thought it was really cool that you could see where in the world people watched it from. Like people were watching it from Greenland. I was like, I didn't even know they like had the internet up there in 2008. Like I was like, oh my, who lives in Greenland? But right. you know, like seeing those stats and all those insights, it's just nice to know that like this is having an impact. There are people out there actually watching this or reading this or listening to this and it's connecting. Without that, I like I don't know if I would have like the creative inspiration to keep going because you'd feel like you're talking to a wall. I don't know. Like imagine being a writer in like the eighties, right? Like you don't you don't actually know if this if this is working, if people are reading your column. It's so much more fun now. And I enjoy the creative process. Like that is Writing is like researching. That is my favorite part. Yeah, I think it's taking something from nothing. And it's not always nothing because there's some basis, but putting our own spin and then you're putting all these pieces together and you're creating. And then like you said, it's like right now I'm, I'm doing a, even a piece on paddle and I haven't heard really anyone talk to or paddle, however you want, people say it different ways. However, I haven't seen anyone really talk about it and to go and research it and then put my spin and my thoughts. And then I know that like emails and feedback's going to come is is so great and I'm, I'm sure it's the the same way for you but also it's like it, it can be like creating those systems because it can't eventually it becomes overwhelming like at first it's cool and then eventually like you're like oh like I can't respond to all these people I can't answer all these people but like you still kind of want to I think that's hard that transition as well yeah it's definitely the easier part because that means you're successful but I still right. respond to everyone on Instagram. So if you guys want to reach me, hit me on there. But I, I've always try, really tried to do that. And I haven't done a great job at like finding a home for everyone. Like I don't have an active Discord or anything right now. That is an ambition. We should do that. 
But I try to really be responsive because like at the end of the day, if you can get all the views in the world, but if people don't actually care, then I don't know how successful any of your other ventures are going to be. Yeah. It's like, do you have followers or do you have fans? I guess is the the common yeah. phrase I hear yeah. a lot. Makes that's that's exactly there's a it. big difference. Because fans, you you know, they, they monetize, but also like that's where you build the relationship. But I guess, yeah, I mean, Frank, this has been awesome and I like to keep these around 30, but I want to leave people with just something here too. Like if, if anyone is, whether they're a brand, a startup, a big brand looking to hire creators or hire, you know, look to do sponsorship deals, I guess what is your overarching, like just some advice or just some feedback on, uh, you know, how people can get into content or approach it and just some things you've learned or or anything really in that realm, I think would be super helpful in a bunch of different ways for both sides. All right, I got a couple here. Like number one, start small. Don't feel like you have to go buy like all the nicest stuff and everything, like your phone can do it now. So just use your phone, start small. You might find that this is not something you enjoy at all. And that way you're not out all this money and you didn't waste all this time putting up a studio and everything. So just get started. It's like cliche, but it is really like the biggest thing. Create an account, just use your phone, get going. Uh, number two would be you have to be consistent. Like it's the most basic advice again, but it's the same thing for anything else. Like if you want to be good at something, you're going to have to practice every day. And I'm, I really mean every day. Like these athletes that are at the top of their game, like they practice every day. They're doing something. They, maybe they're not literally on the court or on the field, but they're watching film or they're icing their body down. You know, they're working at it in some way every day, more often than not, like for hours and hours and hours on end every day. So don't quit your job, but find an hour to, to get started every day. That's where I would do. That's what I did do, really. I love it. Yeah. I mean, really success, anything is simple. When you, when you really break down stuff to its core, it's like, did you do it every day and did you start? And it's like, if you do that and you build and then you can get better equipment and hire a team and it all comes and you figure it out as you go. And I think, honestly, that's the fun of a lot of it. But anyway, Frank, just uh, one last time for everyone, your socials, website, email, you know, anything where people can reach you, follow you, find you, that'd be awesome. My full name, Frank Michael Smith, Frank Mike Smith on Twitter. DM me on there, DM me on Instagram. Love to get in touch. I answer everything. Dude, it was great to be on. Next time in person, like you said. Yeah, let's do it. I love it. Go Steelers. Go Steelers, man. We need it.